0: I'm happiest in the saddle. A <laughs> fellow sportsman.
1: I am an FBI agent.
0: Right, stop. What do you say we cut the chit chat?
1: A hole. Dogs and cats living together.
0: Masses hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. From the dawn of time we came, moving silently down through the centuries living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering, when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you. Until now. Here we are, born to
1: be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time we've got a guest, ladies and gentlemen, introducing none other than Andy Hughes. He's been on the podcast before. Was it for Untouchables last time, Hughesy? It was indeed,
0: another Sean film.
1: Yeah, anyone would think there's a, a, a connection or even an <laughs> obsession.
2: So, well, uh, I, th- I think we actually originally tried to get you for The Rock, um, yeah. but Diaries didn't work out. Um,
0: yeah, I'm still a bit annoyed
2: about that one, boys, so let's uh, let's move on.
1: What is it about us associating Sean Connery with Hughesy? Is it because he's Scottish?
2: we've spent a lot of time watching Sean Connery mainly namely mainly with
1: mainly the, with Hughesy <laughs> yeah ma- namely
2: those films as
0: well The Rock I mean my dad us. thinks he actually is Sean Connery so that might have some.
1: there's area. the connection so yes well all three of us obviously us McGee's and Mr Hughes we are all Scottish so we have some uh, you could say equity in in this opinion maybe maybe yes maybe not it's been a f- 500 years since Connor McLeod uh, graced the Highlands but uh, yeah we're going to be going into lots of of, uh, well, fun and games in 1986's Highlander film, brought to us by, who is it, George? Russell McKay. Right, yes. Yeah, so they're, um, same as usual, there's three of us, so there'll just be more bad impressions and more talking over each other and laughing at each other's jokes. For those of you who've listened before, you know what to expect. Uh, for any newcomers who've decided to start with Highlander, here's, Welcome. George. <laughs> here's George, George with a quick update on some general housekeeping.
2: Yes, so uh, Retro Ramble is a film podcast. Charlie and I are brothers, and we look back at the films that we grew up with. Uh, We look at, you know, what made them so great at the time. Do they still hold up? Uh, Have they gone on to influence other things? We go into these films on details, so there will be spoilers from the very off. Um, There will be probably some mild swearing. There'll definitely be some bad impressions. As I say, it's a lighthearted look back. This isn't an in-depth critical appraisal. If you want that, please, you know, there are plenty other there's probably plenty of other uh, Highlander podcasts out there. Never mind. Retro movie <laughs> podcasts. So yeah, that's the general gist of it. Just, you know, sit back, have a drink or whilst you're out and about you're probably drinking whilst you're out and about you know that's or maybe
1: keep. maybe you're stuck at home drinking but whatever you're doing we hope you're drinking it'll
0: make and it more fun uh, relax
1: have some fun yeah yeah so get your drink on uh, or get whatever else on put some clothes on you know do do whatever there's some amazing costumes in this film so without further ado it is uh 1986 featuring sean connery and christopher lambert and of course our friend i forget his name clancy brown clancy brown It's Highlander. Enjoy the show.
0: From another time comes a
1: man of great power. Talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places.
0: A warrior of incredible strength.
1: You've the devil in you. We've been kinsmen
0: 20 years. Connor McLeod was my kinsman. I don't know who you are because you were born different men will fear you try to drive you away a man uncertain of his future what you got here brenda is a guy who's been creeping around since at least 1700 it's not possible. ...and haunted by his past. Wait a minute, Nash. I want some answers. You cannot die, MacLeod. I am Connor MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod.
1: I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel.
0: And I am immortal. <laughs> A hero who is about to face his greatest challenge. You will
2: always be
0: weaker than I. What can you tell me about a seven foot lunatic hacking away with a broadsword at one o'clock in the morning, New York City, 1985? Not much. For he is not alone. Ah! In the end. There can be only one. Highlander, there can be only one.
1: Clang, 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 clang. I'm Egyptian. Yeah. So, George, how did we get this 1986 film? Are we going to jump straight into production chat, or should we cover
0: what? first memories?
2: I think let's start for, with first memories. Yeah, so, I, I, I think let's uh, let's open it up to our guest.
0: Well, we have a long family history with this one. So, um, it was my brother's favourite movie, um, and it also led to Queen. Becoming his favourite band, which I've uh, never let him forget. Um, so yeah, it was it was in on in our household um, all the time. I mean, I watched it so many times, even so much that I spent two decades without watching it until the other night. But when I did watch it again, my word! Uh, I mean, I expected to spend the whole thing watching it, kind of through my hands you know, cringing the whole way through, but I actually found it so entertaining. And it's remarkable about how much I actually remembered as well. But, um, I mean, listen, we all know there's clangers around every corner, but I tell you what, it's a piece of entertainment. It really delivers.
1: Yeah, it is It is more coherent. Uh, like, Cusy, I was very surprised going back to this. Much more coherent than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be lots of sassy camp 80 um, swordplay with the Queen Queen soundtrack, but I got neither of either of those. Um, what about you, George?
2: Well, I was going to say this is first memories. This isn't like last memories. So, well, no,
1: but I mean, compar- <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying com- comparing it. We're, we're to jumping like a- in <laughs> at the end already. No, but um, I mean, I can't remember watching this film for the first time. I obviously watched this when I was younger, but you and I didn't watch this a lot. Um, when we were, no, but I mean, when we were younger, younger, because we could have done, could have got, it was later on, we discovered this gem and we're like, have Um, you seen Sean Connery's
2: outfit? (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, um. As most of our, you know, stories of, um, you know, 80s films, in terms of, I remember watching it with our, around our neighbours, the Glenn Dinnings, or it could have been our other sort of good friends, the Feenies. Uh, I definitely, the Glenn Dinnings had, again, like Husey's brother, had a massive passion for, for Freddie Mercury and for Queen. So I think that was a big selling point for them. I also remember the the artwork of the the video being quite, sort of, I don't know, that just lasting on my memory.
1: Which uh, music video, George? This
2: entire album? <laughs> no, 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 sorry, just the the artwork on the actual video, the VHS cassette tape ah, of, the, right. of the film. One of my lasting memories is when I tried to introduce it to some of my friends when I was at high school, and it was around the time Crouching Tiger and Dragon had come out, and around the time, you know, back when we were sort of uh, beholden to TV schedules, and it's like, oh, Highlander's on telly tonight hey, lads, you've, have you seen it? And everyone's like, no. And I was like, oh, it's got some awesome sword fighting in. It's got Sean Connery. It's, it's, I mean, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but it's awesome. And I made them sit down and watch it. And about halfway through, they were like, George, what is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is pretty lame. And, you know, you put the sword choreography up against Crouching Tiger, and it does pale in comparison. Um, I, mean, I mean, it pales
0: in comparison to, to Braveheart.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it does have it has uh, definitely has its charm. I don't think it, it you know, it's a, definitely a product of the 80s, and I think it has quite a big fan following. I think there's a lot of people that genuinely love this film and and actively defend it, and then there are people that go, no, it's it's a bit of pish.
1: Well I think that's why the <laughs> the the first memories are very important because I would I would have been 5 when this film came out so we picked it up late we weren't part we weren't following the Zeitgeist when it came out but if you imagine the film I'm sure there's a lot of people whose first memories are like, oh, there was nothing like this ever before seen. Unfortunately, they don't host this podcast. So, George, are we ready to hop on the ferry? Is it a ferry or is it a train to Production Chat Island? Or Yeah, have
2: you guys got your tickets to uh, to Production Chat Island?
1: I've got a monthly pass.
2: D- don't worry, it's only a couple of stops. It's okay. not. It's not as long as the uh, that interstellar journey we took on Total Recall.
1: Wow! Yeah, so big we had to split the episode in two. So this all the the
2: idea, the concept for for Highlander uh, can be traced back to a young aspiring uh, scriptwriter called uh, Gregory Wyden. He wrote the script. It was his basically his coursework at uh, L.A. Film School and. At the time, it was called Shadow Clan, or another working title for it was The Dark Knight. But uh, I don't. I think that might have had some legal trouble trying to get that through. Possibly. Um, but his um his teacher at film school was like, you know what, this this actually something in this script. It's it's pretty damn good. Have you thought about trying to sell it? And so he did. He he managed to get it sold. I think it was for uh, for twenty grand. And essentially he got the idea whilst he was on holiday in the UK. Apparently, he was at the Tower of London, surrounded by suits of armor in the, in the armory, and he thought, well, I, w- I wonder, you know about the guy who wore that armor, what, what if he was alive, still alive today? And you know, what would that mean? And then that spun off into the whole thing with the mortals, being in, in conflict, living secret lives, etc. And in true sort of Hollywood fashion, the the producers that bought the script, they loved the script. They loved the idea. We're just going to get two people to rewrite it from scratch. Those um,
0: pesky producers. I hate them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, apparently his, uh, Gregory Wyden's original script, even he admits was, uh, a lot darker. And so they brought in some other uh, writers, uh, Larry Ferguson and Peter Bellwood, to make it epic. And they added, they made it lighter, and they added romance, apparently, because that's what yes, all the movies did. need.
1: I thought you were <laughs> going to say, and they added Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that.
0: Basically, that adds epicness and a bit and of romance, romance, <laughs> romance, romance, and romance. I'll take either. I th-
2: well, I think it's in the. Um, the script for Time Bandits, where it actually says in the original script, and he removes his helmet to look uh, to be looking someone exactly like Sean Connery, and that's before <laughs> they'd even cast the film. So maybe did they da- did that with this as well? Gregory Wines' other credits uh, include, he was actually, whilst he was studying at film school, he was also a full-time fireman. Um, so unsurprising, one of his future film projects that he wrote was Backdraft, the Ron Howard Kurt Russell classic, which are, might I have haven't movie. seen in a Love long time. Movie.
1: I would go back to that. And is it, got, is it, is it Billy? Billy it's Baldwin? One of, the, one of the Baldwins. It's oh, good. Yeah, I remember it as being a good thriller. And is uh, usually you're a, a, a big well, you're
2: a fan of Ron Howard stuff, isn't uh? And Robert De Niro isn't De Niro in that as well?
0: He is in that. Yes, he, I forgot is, about that. He is. He's, he's got to be the, the, the fire chief, chief. Yeah, fire yeah, chief, or the a, mayor, yeah, yeah. the mayor. He's the I mentor think he's, character.
2: He's like, isn't he the like fire investigator? Like he's all like internal affairs, but <laughs> for fires. Yeah,
1: because
0: they, <laughs> yeah. they
1: were reaching with that. They were. It was like NYPD Fire. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So
2: the budget for the film was mainly raised uh, through uh, Thorn EMI so they were a British company and as such all a majority of the casting crew had to be from the UK as well so um outside of you know a lot of, there's a lot of people in the film that are they may be an american but they were living in uh, you know in england at the time and also in terms of location so majority of it was filmed in scotland as as you would expect and uh, london i think london a lot of london doubled for a lot of the new york stuff but they did film in new york on location uh, towards the end of the shooting schedule
1: does that still happen a lot today? You know this because I think this has come up in the podcast before, where a certain actor, maybe it was Aliens or something else we were talking about, was picked because they were living in London at the time. And for the studios, it must be easier.
0: Yeah, they well, use that, that Toronto, w- don't they? I thought they used Toronto a lot of the time. Or
2: yeah, what no, about is it? Yeah, uh, to, uh, There's a lot of filming in Canada. I think it's Vancouver and Toronto. There's a lot of filming there yeah. because it's it's cheap. It's cheaper. There's a lot of studios set up over there.
0: Um, Quite similar feel, to New York. I,
2: yeah, and yeah, that's it. The architecture is quite similar. Um, but yes, Charlie, you're right. Uh, in terms of the casting point of view, we did talk about that. That's what they did with Aliens. It was filmed in London. So they sought Americans who were living in London at the time. But yeah, it's, it's a commonplace thing in terms of the other sort of point you're making about yeah, films doubling for elsewhere, like... Manchester the northern quarter of manchester's been used quite a few times to double for new york because of the um the brownstone like the built the architecture around the northern quarter like so that was used in i think captain america um milton cast- K- milton Keynes
1: for uh, superman uh, so, 4 <laughs>
2: yes all, all that new york architecture that, that can't moment. be true that is true Husey, no. that is true.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh um, my
2: word. Yeah, due, due to budget <laughs> budget restrictions, a lot of Superman 4 was filmed in and around Milton Keynes.
1: Oh have you been God. to Milton Keynes, uh, Hughes? It's like somebody built a town out of Lego. It's like I, I roundabout, have, yeah, roundabout, went, what... roundabout, 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 another roundabout.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went um, once and... for a terror attack, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was. And if, sorry. A if, if, if,
1: if, <laughs> oh, a terror attack. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, were covering it, one. You weren't involved I'm in one. No. <laughs> was it wasn't a just a weekend
2: one. activity. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was
2: bored. <laughs> um, sorry. So we, we got a little bit off off track there. Um, so the producers uh, hired Russell McCahey. And this is probably safe to say this is his biggest film to date, but he has quite an extensive, and at the time had an extensive background directing music videos.
1: Um, You can totally tell with Um, Queen, with definitely with Queen. I'm guessing.
2: Well, there's no surprise (laughs) there, but yes, he he seems like he's worked with everyone in the sort of early '70s, sorry, late '70s, early '80s. So, most Elton John videos, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Queen, uh, Duran Duran, he did all of their videos. So even you know.
1: All very camp. Big, 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 big names. Big, all of all, all it camp.
2: Um, and uh, my favourite, he did uh, Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart.
1: Oh, don't get a star, George. Don't turn. Turn around, around dried ice. <laughs> um,
2: which has got a very, very 80s video, lots of dried ice. And as you say, Husey, this film is full of vid- music video visuals, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is. It's music video porn, isn't it? I mean, basically, it's kind of like he's designed about five music videos and just put a bit of story in between them just to link them.
2: I, I keep know. expecting sort of Freddie to sort of strut in on the side in the middle of a
1: fight to like go, <laughs> oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> when him and um, Ramirez are having the fight in that tower and the wall falls down and behind the wall, <laughs> it's just Freddie and Brian May on guitar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: not
2: now Freddy (laughs) so yeah this was um, Russell McKay he had done one film feature prior to this which is apparently a, a horror film set in his native Australia about a killer pig so add that to your watch list
1: what the hell it's called
2: (laughs) called razorback about a killer uh, carnivorous pig type thing so yeah i
1: think there's a better name there's a better name out there for a killer pig film there's got to be something a play on words with bacon the (laughs) baconator the baconator or something i don't know well we'll we'll come back to that um (laughs) but yeah uh, obviously
2: got him noticed or it might have just been all all the music videos but yeah, he's, you know, um, he talks quite candidly ab- about this. You know, he's, he's quite entertaining on the, the behind the scenes uh, features and, and interviews. And he's obviously quite fond looking back. <laughs> Um, shall we talk casting? Because casting's not controversial yeah. on this film, right?
0: No, I not mean, at all.
1: I'm sure Sean was more than happy to help. He flew out and was on location as and when required and probably had a very sim- simple contract and didn't ask for a lot of money, right? Right. <laughs> right? It's like so, it's like
0: they went down a list and saw who sounds Scottish? Christopher <laughs> Lambert. Perfect, <laughs> let's get him. He's surely a jock.
2: No, no, this is... Um, it's a telling sort of tale of, like, before the internet and things like that, because Christoph, uh, Christoph Lambert, Christopher Lambert was spotted by Russell McKeighy in a magazine. He just saw the look, and he was like, "He's got really intense eyes. That's the guy. That's Connor McLeod." And um like, "I want that guy." And the producers like, "You want him? We've hired him. Let's let's go and meet him. Let's let's meet him for dinner. Well, you know, let's, let's see what he's all about." Salut, Mani. Je m'appelle
1: Christophe Christoph. <laughs> Ça va. Uh. <laughs>
2: And yeah, and Bill, uh, Danzo, one of the producers, like openly admits, he goes, our, our jaws dropped when we first met him. We were like, what? And, uh, Christophe Lambert was like, uh, turned to his, uh, agent was like, what have you been to? Ta- <laughs> what have you been, you know, what have you said to them? What have you promised them?
1: I don't speak uh, English. <laughs> Scottish, um, Scottish. What is that?
2: So, but yeah, he, he managed to, to charm them because. Yes just a bit of background on Christopher Lambert so he was whilst he was born in America uh, his He is French. His uh, father was a French diplomat stationed in the States at the time. Um, But he spent his formative years in Geneva. And then uh, he lived in Paris from the age of 16. So through and through, pretty, pretty damn French. Uh, Apparently, he did four hours of accent uh, coaching every day, not just for one day, uh, every
0: day. You know what? When I watched it back, I I remembered his accent being far worse than... Uh, what I thought when I watched it the other night I don't know about you I feel
1: those scenes as well when he's is it did, did either of you get the feeling that he actually put some effort into sounding American for the New York scenes and yeah, sounding Scottish sang. and he did better with the Scottish than well I mean saying that the American accent he just sounds like uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat but
2: um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the tournament on the age of time
1: oh, imagine that if Sean Connery had been in that as well anyway um yeah so no I think he get really gets the accent when he's talking to Heather and stuff um, he he does a good job and it's now in a good time to talk about him explaining Haggis. To Sean Connery.
2: That is so bizarre. When when Sean Connery's like, what? Haggis? I'm just I'm like, what's going on? You what is it, there?
1: You eat it.
2: <laughs> Mid with barley. I like to think that was Sean's joke.
1: I yeah. I yeah, I like to think that.
2: Um but yeah, hats off to to Lambert. Like, I mean, a lot of people give stick to him for like, you know, obviously it wasn't, you know, his fault. He was hired for, to be to play a Scotsman. And yeah, it sounds like he did everything in his power, like spending months with an accent coach. Apparently, he spent weeks doing ADR afterwards, uh, usually for ADR auto dialogue replacement. Uh, auto dialogue replacement so So much in this film when they make a film um, they usually do in post production they do ADR in case any sort of audio hasn't been picked up or isn't that clear in a film I see
1: and sometimes Um, they had to do it in the old days like back in the films that Sean made his name in in the likes of Thunderball and the early Bonds it was they would shoot and then they'd they'd always add the audio later so it was there's some
2: some shocking dubbing in some of the early Bond films a lot of the main characters are are dubbed. Very obviously.
1: Which kind of uh, explains how Sean was comfortable recording in any situation, whether it be a studio, his bathroom. <laughs> I, I just love it
2: that, like, um, Connery would be just like meeting on birds, like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Someone, someone else will replace his voice. Yeah, the lady art later. <laughs> I've been in Bond movies, it happens all the time. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah um, but yeah in terms of Connery so he agreed to do it for the princely fee of one million dollars um, but he
1: uh, evil, for, evil laugh
2: <laughs> but uh, he he agreed to do it um, providing that they could do all his scenes in one week
0: so and it's good work if we,
2: you can get it isn't it well yeah. that's it I mean that was quite um, quite a challenge for Russell McKay he said he basically f- had to film all of uh, Connery's shots in ad- in advance so a lot of the stuff where the scenes with him and Christopher Lambert, Christopher Lambert most likely will be acting against a stunt double or stand-in.
0: Love I'm it. shocked, I
1: tell you, shocked. <laughs> we just need somebody tall with lovely, lovely hair. Um,
2: but yeah, apparently this is a, a common thing for Connery, maybe in, in the latter part, you know, the twilight of his career. Because um, I was listening to a podcast recently where they talked about him doing similar things on The Rock, like um, Nicolas Cage would say, says in the commentary that he was just trying out loads of different lines to like a random stand-in because Connery was yeah a done his stuff and was off. <laughs> you know he's 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 only on set when he needs to be. He's not going to be hanging around. He's got. You golf get to the play.
0: sense that he, his, his heart's not in it. Would that would that be fair?
2: No, um, I think it's just I think it's just a professional. It's just like well, you need me on screen for this bit. I don't if I'm not on camera. Do I need to be there i mean it's it's it, I think it's just very brutal it's, i think not, yeah. i think
1: he's i think he's an uttermost professional truth esp and he doesn't have to he does not suffer fools George did you yeah. share with me there's that story about him working with two writers or something in New yes. York
2: yes, yeah, I, I send it to you both um and it's an amazing it was,
1: story, and it just shows that he is absolutely demanding, absolutely committed. But if he ever gets the feeling that he's not working with something, what does is, what is this story? Just give us a quick summary. You know, um, so yeah, it was, it was um, when he um, when he passed a
2: few months ago. You know, all these people sharing their favorite stories on on Twitter and the like, and one screenwriter yeah shared their their interaction with him, and they basically worked on a project. And they don't they don't name what the film was, but obviously it never it never came to be. Yeah, they were candid about how they were obviously, how daunting it was to work with Connery, but they said he was a complete gentleman. He was really thorough about it like you know the input of you know his input into the script and he just kept like tearing apart the director he's like the director doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing <laughs> and
1: uh, he, I bet he
0: was a nightmare to direct
1: but didn't he turn say up say. He, he turned up at their uh, hotel at like 6am It's like right let's get the script out so this is how it's yeah. gonna be and then they worked all day and then they gave it to the director and then they get the notes back and he's like this guy hasn't got a fucking clue I'm walking and he go, and yeah. it like ends like that the, the film yeah. isn't made so I think that says a lot about him. You know, he like he flew it to New actually, York, he yeah. met with them, and he's like, if it's going to be a movie, but also he's not going to languish on the set doing nothing. He was like, we talked about this on our last Glorious podcast with you on The Untouchables with the fact that he was playing golf half the time. He was like, I'm mm-hmm. there when I'm needed, and I'm not there when I'm, I'm golfing when I'm not. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, his role in The Untouchables certainly felt a l- way more substantial than uh, than that kind of era of his movies, didn't it, I think? I think what you see in Highlander, I think you guys would all probably agree, is that we could
1: we're, we're not just um, obviously sh- massive Sean fans, but it could have done with a bit more of him. It does dance around the footage they've got of him. Uh, but this is, is an interesting
2: sort of stage of Connery's career, and this is kind of was the sort of starting the start of like a phase that he went through where he he wasn't the lead, wasn't the sort of the lead, he was still the, one of the leads, but he wasn't the lead. The co no hi. <laughs> you yeah, know, so, yeah, so in terms of he, he became... That's from one of his that, films. It was the start of him being that sort of wise, mental sort of type character. So yeah, this was the first sort of major role that he did. And then obviously, yeah, the following year, Untouchables. And then you have, um, obviously, you've got uh, Hunt for the Red October. You've got Rising Sun. What else was there? Entrapment? Medicine. When was it? Uh, m- entrapment was towards the end of it. Right. So that, so yeah, Medicine Man... 19-
1: uh, and obviously the, the 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 rock, Presidio.
2: Presidio was late eighties. I haven't seen the Presidio. I I, look, I looked at the trailer the other day, and it looks and it hasn't got great reviews as well.
1: I don't care. Uh, I'd, I'd watch him reading out the phone book or being interviewed by Gaza, which was another bizarre video that Earth. Uh, have you seen that, Husey? Yeah. Uh, oh, did, you, is, did you did you send it, it, it to us, Sorry. No, I, I again no, I, no, I Jules, shared it with you yeah. boys.
2: It's just bizarre. Yeah.
0: It was what it was one of the most fascinatingly bizarre. Um, exchanges I've seen in quite some time. It is Gaza. It is, well, <laughs> well it, indeed. And, and he said, um what did Gaza say to Sean again? He says, like, uh, oh my, no, no, he oh.
1: says my 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 sisters met ye like um, you, 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 you're taller you're taller than I imagined like and, and like, he goes always 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 taller <laughs> it,
0: it, <laughs> yeah.
2: it's, it's like something out of a, an Alan Partridge like I you know um T V series like uh Sean Connery meets Gaza. What do they do? (laughs) Dunno. They just talk to each other. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um
1: But it was the highlight of his career. It was, you know, I mean the second well, highlight. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> or, just, just, or Highlander. Just, no, no, I'm still talking about Gaza. Yes, of course I'm talking about Highlander. Um I'm talking this period that you're talking about in his career, he had Bond. He had to give up Bond because he couldn't stand it. He was mobbed when he was making You Only Live Twice in Japan. It was like the Beatles were massive and so was Bond. It was and he and he'd had enough. And this was his the second coming. Yeah. You know, this was um, yeah. No, I think yeah, he's he's obviously had the, he's tried to escape the shadow of
2: Bond like his whole career, and he did very interesting, different films between like the Bond never films. Like say,
1: Never Say Never Again,
2: <laughs> like like <laughs> that, that totally different film Never Say Never Again. So no, he you know he did some really interesting other films outside of Bond, and he tried to do some interesting, some weird stuff in the seventies, like Zardoz when he's running around in a giant, big red nappy. And then, yeah, and he had a few stinkers, and obviously, yeah, he tried the the rival Bond film, Never Say Never Again, which we have a lot of love for because it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, but, um, you know, in the battle for Bond in the same summer against Dr. Pussy, it, it didn't do as well. So, yeah, I think his box office status was wavering a little bit, and as you say, I think this film gave him a bit of a boost and say, oh, you know, Sean Connery, he's uh, let's put him in more movies.
1: Well, to turn up and do a cameo like that and um, I think that's what's held. I wouldn't say held this film up, but it wouldn't be the film it is today without.
2: Um, it, well, I suppose that's it. It's, it's a bit like a, a, you know, it is a generous cameo of sorts. But uh, he's, yeah. I suppose, he's the biggest name on the poster.
0: Yeah, again, it was like it, it's like that that kind of decade where he was always the biggest name on the poster. But he actually, he actually played a, a much smaller. You know, he certainly yeah. wasn't the lead and then in all of these roles he kind of played um, you know he he was, he was driving the story along he was explaining the plot in the context <laughs> to the audience, and you did that in quite a lot of his movies, you know. Like, well, as, as
2: as Charlie, Charlie and I have a a name for that on this podcast, and that's uh, Captain Exposition or General Exposition. General uh, Exposition. Yes.
1: He's a general. Just pay attention. It's the story. So yes, <laughs> and that's a
2: very good point because, as you say, he's he, you know he's doing it in this. He's explaining what the immortals are all about in you know in Touchables. You want to get Capone, um, you know. He, he gives you all the insight there. So yeah, you know that is very and obviously in Indiana Jones, he's he's telling you how to get the Grail. That's a
0: great film. Amazing.
2: But anyway, in terms of last part of uh, last uh, stop on production chat island, shall we talk about Queen? <laughs> You're saying, Charlie, um, due to Russell McKay's uh, prior connections, he was obviously he was keen from the from the outset to get a big band involved. But I think their initial plan was just to get a big band to do one song. And so what they what he did was he um, created about twenty minutes of rough footage and he showed that to Queen, and they completely fell in love with it. And they all went away and came back and said, "Oh well, we've written a song each or or three out for them." So. Freddie Mercury wrote Princes of the Universe. Brian May wrote uh, Who Wants to Live Forever. And uh, John uh, Roger Taylor wrote It's a Kind of Magic. Um, oh, That's nice. And, and then what they did, because there was so much music, they worked with composer Michael Kamen, who we've talked about a lot in the past because he's done Predator. Di- Diehard, Lethal Weapon. No, no, you're thinking of Alan Silvestri, Charlie. Sorry, he, sorry. Um, no, Michael Kamen is the man with the Spanish guitar.
1: Oh, of course, he uh, yeah, had the Lethal Weapon, the license to kill. Yeah,
2: yeah, and also this will probably raise uh, make Yuzi's eyebrows raise when I say it's the same guy who does the Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves music. So that's very. Ooh. It's well, it's the eyebrows
1: si- didn't raise that much, but we did get it. We did, a, we <laughs> we did, did get, get a reaction.
2: reaction. It's definitely this, the 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 this, there's the music for the Scottish scenes is definitely definitely reminiscent of prince of thieves to me anyway um but yeah what they they cleverly quite did is michael came in, worked with closely with queen to weave that music into the actual score so obviously mainly who wants to live forever is that hit console me console that hit goes.
1: me what watching it this time is that uh you obviously queens in on everybody of our generation's playlist somewhere it pops up maybe a bit more in Husey's house growing up. But um, yeah. yeah, and that song comes on. So I've been listening to that track over the years, again and again, Who Wants to Live Forever. It's one of their best tracks. But to have it woven into the soundtrack in such a, yes, Braveheart, Prince of Thieves way, I'd forgotten about that. And it's beautiful. It's the... It, saying, it, 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 I, I, it adds so
2: much emotional heft to Gravitas. It's, I think it it's, does.
0: It, it, the it's, music's so prominent in this movie as well, isn't it? And it's It's like, it's it's the first thing you see, you know, after the... The, the pre-titles, it just go wow, and it's right in your face. And again, I thought I'd be cringing, but no. but the, like the music's one of the, one of the main reasons why this film was a success.
2: The but- only bit, I'd say yes and yes, but the only bit where it's getting a little bit too much, a little bit devery is towards the end where the Kurgan's got, um, was it Brenda in the car and, you know, he's, he's pretending to like, well, he's trying to hit people and stuff. Yeah, and there's some Queen music playing, and it's just a bit overindulgent and <coughs> unnecessary, really. The scene and the music.
1: Yeah, I th- well, you, in terms of casting, how did um, when Clancy? I mean, are we going to cover that in should should Was was he always?
2: There, there were some others um, considered okay. for uh, the Kurgan. But what a sure performance there, anyway. by
0: him! Truly terrifying, uh, truly it, it, villainous. It, it, uh, it was. It's like watching him back. He's like one of the best villains. I can remember he was absolutely brilliant, wasn't he?
2: So many films. Oh, he's he's ter- terrifying.
0: He's no, he's terrifying.
2: Just, he's one of those actors that when he pops up, he's brilliant in every thing he does, even if it's a, a tiny role. You know, as we said, you know, like Starship Troopers, Shawshank Redemption, Shaw, Shawshank, yeah, Shawshank. Um, and I mean, he's probably there's probably plenty of others that he turned up in. Dead head.
1: was it? Daredevil recently.
2: Um, uh, he, no, he turned up in Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, Mandalorian. Recently. Yeah, so he he gets he's 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 a Good, reliable set of hands.
2: He loves this film as well. Like, I remember seeing recently that there was, a, th- I think, a 30th anniversary they held for Highlander in Scotland, and he was the only p- person from the cast that turned up. And he was just like, I don't know where everyone else is, but I love this movie and I love filming in Scotland. So, yeah, I was happy to come back and, and see its anniversary.
0: I mean, this movie wouldn't have worked if he hadn't have been uh, convincing, would it's it? Amazing. I mean, it introduces him right at the start. You see him. On the horse with all the armor, and he is fucking terrifying. And you know that basically we're we're going to come round full circle, and it's going to be a standoff between Highlander and him in the end. But um, so his voice.
2: It- and he's got he's got an amazing voice, and he's done he's done loads of animation. But um, in this, he's got, some ama- sure. he's got some amazing sword skills. I'm yeah. assuming that yeah. could be maybe another delicious stuntman. But we're spinning not for uh, him, in the not sword. for him, not for him. No, he's, no, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's pretty talented in that respect.
2: Um, so that's that's the main sort of bulk of um, the production behind the scenes sort of chat. So let's talk
1: about the movie.
2: Yeah, like, you know, highlights. I mean. Maybe it's best to break it down sort of from fights and, and key moments. So obviously you've got the opening in Madison Square Garden and um, <laughs> that uh, that delicious fight between him and Fasil, I think it is. Yeah, and um, that
0: deliciously empty car park in the middle of... Um, <laughs> is it a car park? In the middle of a yeah, big, huge sporting event.
2: Yeah, um, I'm just a bit bit nonplussed by this and just like what's going on they keep attacking each other and then they both keep running away it's like you're oh, trying no, to kill each other why?
1: completely unnecessary oh, backflips the... back oh, <laughs> again that's,
2: there's the music video v- visuals like let's just chuck in some rain and backflips why because it looks cool got a guy yeah, who could do
1: backflips yeah. backflips would be cool it doesn't fit the plot let's go with backflips
2: <laughs> apparently, sorry, a little bit of trivia. Apparently, to create the sparking effect off the swords, the actors had car batteries strapped to their legs and attached to the swords to create those sparks. But apparently, they could only do about three takes before the handles got a bit too hot to handle. That's why I mean, he's wearing I'm gloves. I'm not sure how.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how health and safety these days would you think about that.
2: Uh, in my day, do you mind putting just this just car, car battery? Car, car batteries <laughs> strapped
0: leg? Just, just, a fucking car batteries on a shins.
2: So, and then we have the, the first instance of the quickening um, and Connor's come face.
1: Oh! <laughs> and some dodgy effects.
2: I, I do like the um, transitions in this film. You know, some of this, the film does rely on those music video visuals, but I really like the, the bit where it goes from the car park to the highlands. And then there's a bit where it goes from a fish tank to the water. And there's, yeah. there's some nice, like, transitions that are quite slick in this as well
0: yeah no absolutely i i found that and again that was one of the things that actually surprised me watching it back actually kind of structurally which is quite it's quite a hard story to tell you know because it's jumping about all over the place but it it does it really well and it's all about the transitions
2: there's there's one actually and they they use it on the um the blu-ray menu because it's so good is where you see um mcleod where he's been banished and he's battered and knackered leaning against a rock and then it transitions from his face to a painting of the mona lisa on the side of a building in new york and it's just like that's really good let's keep using that on the dvd menu
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: but yeah the scotland stuff is really good i mean some beautiful cinematography you've got um some castle trivia that's the the castle that um and the McLeods are all from uh, was reused for entrapment. We 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 talked about that earlier. And uh, another film, oh um Bond film, The World Is Not Enough.
0: Ah, wow. I mean. well, of course.
2: So yeah, I I really like- and you've got some familiar faces cropping up. So you've got Celia Imry, who's did stuff on Victoria Wood and she's like a British actress. But you've also got James Cosmo, is it, the guy that's also in Braveheart?
1: As the as and- the sort of granddad senior I need, role and he I, does the I, same thing a, in this
0: film
2: I need a gruff ginger Scottish guy get me
1: that yeah. guy
0: yeah, yeah. He, he, does, uh, he also does the same in uh, Lord of the Rings as well Not Lord of the Rings um, what you the call other it one. Game of the Thrones <laughs> Game of the Thrones you know it's <laughs> easy to mix them
2: up Game <laughs> of the Thrones he's always reliable in, in stuff so you know I think that's it when you've got when you've got a Frenchman who's struggling with his his accent just like just get some genuine Scots around him we will be fine
1: trigger words <laughs> gone in the
2: <laughs> but before too long we get the arrival of mr connery
1: uh who's yeah. egyptian from spain hello of yeah. course yeah.
0: and you quite quite you know again watching it back you think i was just waiting for him to show up and it's quite a long time isn't it how long is it it's
1: good good I, second I think, second I, act I, think, I would say i think you were saying it's about 35 minutes
0: yeah it's it's it's, it's definitely around then
1: yeah, so at least at least that. But when he when he arrives, it's like he's wearing the hat, which he doesn't wear again. I'm a bit upset because the it's a hat great is, hat. A, is it's amazing it's fantastic and it hat, makes it? the peacock jibe that comes later make sense. I
2: mean, <laughs> to, to be fair, I've got my notes. Sean looks fantastic. Oh yeah, it's, it's is so it something he's does, got? Is, is it the eyebrows?
1: Eye, got, no, eye makeup. He's got eye it, makeup I, on. I he's got an earring.
2: He looks. It might. It it amazing. might be the guy liner. It might be the earring, but it, 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 he definitely it, it, looks in a. A lot better shape than Never Say Never Again, which was only like two or three years
0: yeah. prior. Yeah, I mean, is, um, is he the it? first man to look more macho with makeup? <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, he he's just beautiful. We are fans.
2: We should. We are fans. He does look great in this, I must say. He bloody um, does. But yes, we, we've cl- uh, we've uh, already mentioned the. The audacity of Conry
1: asking what haggis is. That's got to be his joke. I'm sorry. That's got to be yeah. his joke. We know it'd be funny. Get this, get this French guy. Get him to explain haggis to me. <laughs> and then,
2: like every good 80s movie, we've got a, got a good training montage. Gotta
1: well. need a montage. And so, a lot of um, what would these days would be done by a drone, but we've only got the helicopter for a day, guys. So, I don't care if we can't get the stuntman, we can't get Connor. Uh, Mr. Con- yeah, Mr. Don't don't get Connery's not close. available. Don't
0: get too close.
1: I don't care. Just don't get too close. We need to get these shots. We'll add the clangs like, later. I'll tell you what,
0: it's a fucking beautiful shot, though. Oh, there's, there's,
1: there's quite a few of the fight scenes, and I like how, not jumping ahead too much, but they're practicing this sword stance together. And you're like, oh, that looks nice. But then there's this homage in the final fight where he pulls it out. And you're like, that's a nod back to the... The, the bit that we haven't had a time to film more scenes of. <laughs> Definitely. And then you have
2: the romance with my, my lovely Heather.
0: Oh Heather. I think Heather was my first ever crush. She, she is really. hot. She's gorgeous. She I was trying, just...
1: Even at eighty years old, because all they've done <laughs> yeah. is made well, her hair white. <laughs> and and drawn some crows' feet
2: on, on the side. <laughs> just, I, know, I mean yeah. That's that's the the, the power of the, the the weird sort of alchemy of this film that 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 scene she it's rubbish makeup rubbish old lady <laughs> makeup
1: makeup, makeup? Uh, as as you said uh,
2: earlier Char- as you said earlier Charlie it's not going to be troubling Marvel anytime no. soon um, <laughs> but yeah and you've got a French guy doing a Scottish accent you know confessing his his love to his dying wife and then you've got this amazing. Queen soundtrack and it, it somehow kind of works and I was quite choked yeah. up watching it this time I, I mean I've become a big softy in the past few years um, kids will I do think that too. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah no uh, is, is that actress is she actually Scottish because her accent sounded really genuine I was trying to think the, she's was the anything of the else
2: movie. but I didn't recognise her name when I IMDB'd
0: her yeah. You
1: IMDB'd her. God, you're such a I'll be, stalker. I'll be, I'll
0: be IMDBing her after this.
1: <laughs> well, I don't pretend you're not a stalker. Uh, no, she does look familiar. She reminded me of the girl who's in um train spotting who's had a, a more prolific career. She's that type of Yes. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. I've, I've, and I've, and I've... and Heather. Sorry, I'm just giving you guys a break. Um so
2: so should we uh talk about mm. should we talk about the New York stuff? Um with Connie <laughs> Nash, you got a funny way of talking. Nash,
1: where you from? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of different places. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in one sentence, yeah. yeah
1: definitely the bass voice for
0: uh, Raiden and, from Mortal also, Kombat. Also, I, I realised when you know the first start in New York. Do you notice he's just beating the shit out of coppers, and, no, yeah. and he gets the, no one comes back to him. Like the first cop, he goes, don't-, "Don't move, man. Don't even breathe," and he just twats him. And then yeah. and then he gets sent to the station, and then he starts headbutting them in the station. And it's like, why? <laughs> why is this not compulsory? <laughs> and, and then they and say, then okay, they... man, you're free to leave. <laughs>
2: yeah, so that's it. They let him what? go after all that. It's just like, like
0: <laughs> you're going to charge
2: me or not? Uh, you're free to go. I mean, some of it is <laughs> very not... sort of <laughs> I cliché. It.
1: I don't know what's going on it's anymore. It's not part of the plot, so you can go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, unbelievable! Just assaulting police officers left, right, and centre. like freely.
1: But
2: did you notice um, the one of the actors in? You know, the detective's uh, partner is Joe Polito, who's like he's from Naked.
1: Gu- no, isn't he from um, Naked Gun? He crops in loads and loads of stuff. He's no, no, in, but um, doesn't he play the exact same oh, no. role but in Naked Gun as a? joke? Oh no, no! You, so you, the police, police chief, squad is he police squad? Yeah,
2: he's in the original police squad series, doing um, a joke
1: of the job that he's doing in this.
2: It, yeah, which is which I was like. Is he? Uh, but his partner is Joe Polito. Um, is cropped up in loads die of Die Hard plays, Two is probably one of He Usually plays, a, usually plays a, b- a bad guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Die Hard Two, uh, which we both saw fairly recently. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed him looking quite young and slim.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. With with actually, no, he's still bald. He's still <laughs> still bald. Oh, Nothing bald. wrong with being bald. Oh yeah, the way um, I'm with the video. And, and uh, you also
2: have uh, Brenda, who's... Um, now, let me get this straight. She is... Bonnie
1: Tyler in disguise. She is... Um, <laughs>
2: she's forensics, but she's
1: also a professor of ancient swords. I think she's... Isn't she lying about one of them? Isn't she forensic? And she kind of goes, like, undercover and says that she's investigating swords. Did you miss that, George?
2: No, no, because she, she lies to... She, she's 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 forensics for the police, but she has a side hustle in metallurgy.
1: Agent Brenda,
2: <laughs> Brenda, two jobs, two jobs, Brenda. you means oh
1: two yeah, I, Brenda, I remember yeah.
2: two jobs, Brenda.
1: Yeah,
2: um, um, I, yeah. I, th- I thought that was some convenient screenwriting. Well, what
0: are the odds? are i also <laughs> are forensics
2: yeah. it knows loads about Japanese swords. I'm
1: working well, on. She, yeah,
0: she she, she starts in the first five minutes becoming being a forensic cop. And then just completely changed his career. Um, and also, uh, one thing that really tickled me was when she she walked under the car. And then she brought out this big fuck off sword. And then the detective, detective for all people, comes behind and goes, "What you got there, Brenda?" He's like, uh, "That's like a, a, a sword. To me. sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a sword or a rifle."
1: Yeah. Um, so, check, so.
2: check out the long thing, Brenda's got.
1: Yeah, she she goes from uh, well, it's just coincidence after coincidence. So I'm just. I'm accidentally I'm investigating the guy that you decapitated and I'm also interested in swords and um I'm also going to work forensics yeah so but she looks amazing I mean
2: that, that's the one weaker point f- for me I mean obviously she's doing the sort of detective work and he's covering his tracks really badly I'm just going to keep the same handwriting and live at the same address
1: I'll, oh I will no, can can, we talk, can we talk about the software because they must have spent a fortune on this software hey, that could, that back could in re- the 80s that's what I'm back saying back in the 80s on a, yeah. on a green on a BBC green screen uh, I mean this was great to see when they've got all of the names and then they move the letters around see see it's the same guy it's like we could have done it with paper but we spent you know like 200 grand on just doing it with this they're really impressed with the software and it it actually looks quite futuristic because i haven't seen software like that have you
2: you know what it reminds mm. me of? It reminds me of—is um, it Fury's only where they're putting together bonds, putting together the the facial match, and it's like beep,
1: beep, 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 beep. it's
2: like cutting edge three D software on a BBC.
1: No, what it what it reminds me is that Simpsons episode when the guy says, "And judging by our computer software, she should be forty nine years. She should be forty nine <laughs> years old." And instead of showing a picture of her, it's just the the number forty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, for me, the Brenda stuff in the New York
2: part of the story is pretty weak, and I felt their romance is a bit, bit forced. It's like they make oh, it's see- hardly
0: convincing, is it?
2: Yeah, it's like you've stabbed me. Let's make love. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stab you.
1: It's like, is this gonna get really weird? Is, he, is, is <laughs> no, but is he gonna keep stabbing me or stabbing himself? Is, is this gonna get you know?
2: Maybe I should kiss him before he asks me to do something
1: else. It's, it's going to suddenly get, like, crash. It's going to get, like, crash and get really weird.
2: <laughs> Brenda, things are going to get weird. You mean weirder than your accent? <laughs>
1: You no, know, I, I noticed that the camera angles when they're out for dinner are all over the shop, and I have a theory in that I think they would. He was trying to say, "No, we're going to do classic shots for the period piece, and modern day, I'm going to go completely music video." There's some shots of them out for dinner where the camera is dangerous, you know, per, invading personal space and almost Adam West Batman camera
0: angles. Did, did I, I think of, that's entirely deliberate. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it was a deliberate choice because th- they do it again. They do it again when Kurgan comes in and smashes, yes. excuse the pun, smashes her back door in and then, <laughs> and then runs through. And then, and then the camera angles just really, for the first time in the entire movie, it goes to a massive wide camera lens yes. and it's kind of, it's, I think it's meant to be deliberately disorientating, but it just looks a bit messy.
2: It's totally yeah. music video. It's like red lighting, yeah. wide angle zoom, Freddie Mercury pounding away <laughs> in the background. Somebody's left the fog machine on.
1: I think also we have to remember that we're watching this, we're streaming this or watching it on Blu-ray or DVD. And I think seeing this in the cinema back in the day, even with some, what I would call sort of Indiana Jones graphics towards the end, um, it it looks dated, but it gets away with it. Yeah. I think there's a lot that the charm covers up. I was going to say,
0: uh, that's it, 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 it part of the charm, isn't it? Costumes.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, um, Apparently, the um, according to Russell McKay's commentary, the the animated lightning for the, the the quickening right at the end, where you can clearly see he's on wires. They did that animation to help cover up the wires, but he admits he goes probably draws more attention to it.
1: And also, it just got weird. You know, we had to attach literally a car battery to each limb, and Chris, <laughs> Chris couldn't take Chris couldn't take much more of it. We
2: could only <laughs> film it two or three times before we had to send him to hospital. (laughs) Um, yeah I mean that, that astounds me though that you think about like there's all these different cuts of other films like Terminator 2 like Blade Runner where and all the George Lucas stuff where he's going back and constantly tinkering and editing stuff out no one's gone back to Highland and saying those wires are really obvious should we you know with Photoshop, it'll take me maybe ten minutes to get rid of them. No, no, leave them. No, then. no, we leave. Mm, we
0: that'll leave. do. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a kind of mm, that'll do kind of uh, vibe throughout the whole thing, isn't there? I think part of its well, charm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, apparently, according again to the the commentary, the um, the climax was originally supposed to take place on the top of the Statue of Liberty, um, and then they saw mm, that's that's going to be quite expensive, um, and then in an amusement park, and then they changed. To, the top of that building, but also um, is Russ that the K1... Silver Cup
0: one? Is that the one? Yes, you're talking the about? Silver Cup Studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny um, that because that that was again that, that was such a iconic image from the movie. And then when I went to visit New, New York, yeah, years and years later, I kept we kept driving past that. I was like, "Where the fuck is that from?" And it was absolutely infuriating me. And then I saw it the other night. I was like. Thank you!
2: <laughs> also, that actually exists. I thought they just created yeah. Silver Cup Studios, you know, a bit like the Stafe Puff yeah. Marshmallows. is like, oh, just, just make up something. No, Studios. it exists. Ah,
1: it exists. Oh, okay. I'm really happy they had the fight where they did. I think there's not enough of that in films where it's just in a building. Sometimes it's too grandiose or... Uh, as we've seen in recent Marvel films, they're just like, let's just blow everything up and make it look like a wasteland or a battlefield, and it could be anywhere. I like it, it when it's somewhere completely nor- ordinary and normal and the focus is on the story and the effects rather than the location.
2: Yeah, to be fair, that that last part, when they fall through into the warehouse, it just focuses on the choreography and the sword choreography I like that. is really
0: is It looks really fucking good. great. It looks fucking it is, great, doesn't it? The that, silhouette and the reflection. Brilliant. That's yeah. what I remember this film for
1: is 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 yeah. this and it's everything is all about this as usually saying this New York sort of where even though they recreated it in London this big warehouse building with glass behind it you know it's like that's the image i have in my mind i don't know why but like selective memory i kind of remember that being the top of his building that he owns in new york because it's that new york feel to it yeah. you know he yeah, lives it. in this building
2: and you there's mean, the big fight at the end you mean that studio with the the, the 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 fake new
0: york backdrop outside oh god it's awful isn't it it's, <laughs> no, yeah. it's, i think it's, it's yeah, beautiful it's very, I think...
2: it's very apparent on
0: the on the blu-ray it's a beautiful yeah. idea oh yeah but yeah
1: Just doesn't work as well as it does in something like uh, Tim Burton's Batman, when you see Gotham City and you're like, yeah,
0: yeah, it's. Maybe the director was like, you know what, they're going to be so fucking baffled by his accent, they might not notice.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's just currently walking around with the dried ice machine. Don't worry, just put a bit more dried ice over there. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah, apparently one last thing about the finale, apparently uh, McKay, he wanted the final battle with the Kurgan to go on longer. So when he's the Kurgan's beheaded, uh, an animated dragon was going to take from the shape of the Kurgan's helmet was going to take shape. And then McLeod was going to have to fight this animated dragon. Uh, thankfully, it didn't happen again due to budget.
1: <laughs> yeah, that just sounds That's like. Thank God for the budget. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Even with today's yeah, special effects, awful, even with today's it, special yeah. effects, I'd be so annoyed that yeah. he wasn't dead from chopping his head off. Um, <laughs> there's there's a couple of other bits
2: we skim past. The thing I completely forgot about watching this time, and I don't know if it's the same for you. I completely forgot about the subplot in New York with the other immortal. What's he called? Oh yeah, I mean, the
1: Castagir, the guy, that crazy, crazy uh, fun time, crazy fun time, hip plus man. Um, yes, yes, <laughs>
2: him, and and then the stuff with the, that random vigilante and the Kug. I I completely forgot about all of that.
1: This the period piece, yeah. Is also the also period a- piece with the um, ten paces. Yeah, in Versailles or whatever. It with did, with the you know. the very strange relationship between the servant and the master that we totally forgot about. Now, <laughs> is
2: that scene? Does that scene stick out as odd to the rest of the film to you guys? Yeah, uh, like yes, really,
1: yes. And it's really like forced comedy,
2: and it's just almost like, oh, this is hilarious. Just go with it. It's I like, feel
1: like it was a rap party idea or something, something like that. It sticks out to me. It sticks out like you know. What'd be really funny is that we do a period
0: piece. And also, I just, I, I, I w- one scene I really forgot. Was um the when all of a sudden it was just cut to Christopher Lambert running away from Nazis in World War Two?
1: You I mean, mean in it, it, in a car park? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's right. a kind of
0: magic. Whoa, yeah, hey, it's a kind of magic. I'm like, hmm, hmm. yeah, uh, I I've got a few doubts about that one. Well, but that was is, clearly there's... just to introduce um what's what's the Rachel. character called again? Rachel. Yeah. Uh,
1: but the
2: thing the thing is, and we'll probably go on to this in suspicious spinoffs. There is there's so much potential in terms of all the different time periods and, you know it's a bit like i think we talked about this with predator charlie that's established that you know they've been around for for centuries you've got so much story potential to focus on those timelines and maybe it is you know obviously the main thrust of the story is his time in scotland and present day and i think it's something they probably have explored in either the sequels or the tv shows that i haven't seen but i think there's a yeah there's a loads of mileage of you know, being in feudal Japan or being in medieval times—they've always been and, there.
1: There's, there's probably yeah. fan-made stuff that we haven't looked at yet. We need that. Possibly. I'm writing it. I'm writing a note. But you're, writing, about you're it, writing some fan fiction now, Charlie. I'm just writing fan
0: fiction, and then <laughs> Sean, can, can,
1: Sean puts on his peacock hat.
0: Can, can <laughs> one of you on. guys answer me this? Where? Does it mention at any point, and I was listening out for it, does it mention at any point where the Immortals came from and why they exist? No, and it's not... And
1: George, Tell me, have you 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 seen Highlander 2? I was going to say, George's... Uh, The following set was Highlander 2, but... I'm I'm I'm
0: talking... uh, Yeah, sorry, go on.
1: George. In
2: Highlander 2, I've only seen it once. I watched it recently with um, my old flatmates, Nicola and Josh, because we were doing a bit of a, a Highlander marathon, and we had to... Watched the second one just out of morbid curiosity. It's probably the worst, one of the worst films I've seen and worst sequels I've ever seen. Wow. Um, Essentially, the Se- Highlander 2 goes all um, Scientology. Basically, that um, the, the immortals are aliens that were put on our planet uh, thousands and millennia ago with no memory of their former lives. And that's why they're drawn to each other and stuff. It just makes no sense whatsoever. And I think every other. Like Scientology.
1: Highland- <laughs> 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 like
2: Scientology. And every other Highlander sequel and TV show has ignored it, that film. <laughs> just like, mm, let's just get rid of that. Um, it's yeah. terrible. And I, I would like to propose when um, when we can all get together again, I want us all to sit down and watch it, get shit-faced, and then we'll record uh, an episode on it, because I think <laughs> that's I the think, only yeah. way to to give it justice.
0: I think we play another drinker game, just like when we played um, the, what was it, the transporter? the um, Yes. And then every time um, he... What's, it, what's the actor called again oh, uh, oh Jason Statham Jason Statham every time he gives a shit accent um, you have to drink in fact he could do that with Highlander uh, Husey, 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 you think?
1: Just, just take note never play the drinking game with George because we, I did this with him with Kickboxer and he was like right so whenever there's a flashback whenever there's yeah. soft focus whenever yeah. Jean-Claude Dam yeah. Dan- Dan- yeah. does the splits and I I was fucking nailed after 25 minutes <laughs> he is ruthless do not do it with this
2: yeah no Husie and I did it for the transfer Porter and we were drinking vodka and i think we were half halfway through a bottle of vodka in the first 20 minutes we need to change the rules
0: <laughs> where are we
2: so yeah i mean i say we'll, we'll get on to many many sequels and spin-offs but do you want to do
1: um they're good to the, go the other thing they're ready the they're, they're ready jeff uh jeff is here celine's here celine wants to sing uh jeff wants to quote himself from jurassic park
0: Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should.
1: Coulda, woulda, shoulda is where both George and I, but mainly George, uh, explains to us the actors and actresses and actors uh, and directors that were considered for the roles but didn't get them. Sometimes good, or as we found out with Total Recall, sometimes bad. Imagine Total Recall with Patrick Swayze. So, George, <laughs> coulda, woulda, shoulda, for
0: Highlander, go. I, I've got yes. to say, I, lo- I love this part of the podcast, guys. I do absolutely
1: Hey, Hughie, I learned stuff here. This is the bit I enjoy. Well, there's there's some
2: uh, there's some great names here. And, Husey, uh, I think some of them are going to blow your mind. <laughs> so for for Connor McLeod, it seems like a bit of a who's who of, again, it's sort of like, I don't know how much. 86, these...
1: 86. Uh, who was big uh, in 86? Roger Moore. How... Roger Moore.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm afraid uh, I can't do it. I'm tied to Cubby. Um, I'm doing A View to a Kill with David Bowie.
1: Christ- Christopher Walken or David Bowie. Come on, one of them.
2: Yeah. Um, so for McLeod again I, I don't know if this is just stuff like wish list, but we've got Michael Douglas <laughs> uh, Kevin Costner
1: yep that would work
2: Geordie Legend Sting
1: I thought you were going to
0: say Jimmy Nail
1: <laughs> I thought I was going to say Gazza <laughs> Gazza
2: uh, 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 do, do you know I was up to play against you, you in Highlander oh yes
1: of course <laughs> do you know that me sister knows you
2: <laughs> Mickey Rourke um, before he had all those facelifts.
1: Before he uh, before he started making good movies again.
2: Yeah. And uh, M- Mel Gibson, who would obviously go on to do some other Scottish thing. He needs to say. hold.
0: Yeah, no fucking Scotsman. Still no Scotsman.
2: Still no Scotsman. So, still no. But this, is, this becomes the most interesting one. So somebody who was actually cast um, was Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell was, oh. was was cast and he pulled out the project. Um, apparently, um, Kurt
1: Russell's yeah, <laughs> pulled out.
2: <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell's pulled out because Goldie Horn told him to, apparently. Wow. Um, oh. But that's not she told him to pull out. Pull <laughs> <laughs> out! Um, and instead, he did a film called Big Trouble in Little China. So oh, okay. We're we saved. Well, that was quite well for him. We're yeah. saved. We're saved. So, yeah, well done, Goldie. Well done. So, for the role of the Kurgan. Um, there
1: can be only one Clancy Brown. I'm sorry. For me, yeah. But, but no but one could if, have played it better, I'm afraid.
2: But if you wanted somebody with a gruff voice, Charlie, who would you go for? Usually. Uh, Harrison
1: drunk. Ford. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. no, I'm, no. A, I'm a cop, goddammit. I'm Nick <laughs> Nolte. <laughs> a very gruff. Oh. I'm going to choke you into next week. I'm Nick Nolte. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I, so,
1: I have spoken.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and apparently Rudger Hauer was also considered Ooh. oh god um, which, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: thank god for that
2: but then finally for the role of Brenda um, sorry I'm just doing my best um, quasi New York accent oh nice blessed Brenda
1: that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really the best you could do in ADR really you like drove in through traffic you sat here we re-recorded and that's the best you got okay <laughs> um, I really like your place <laughs> um,
0: <laughs>
1: so
2: I've turned into Borat <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of
2: Christopher Lambert will do that to you yeah, um, but apparently for, for Brenda Tanya Roberts uh, recently RIP from um, A View to a Kill she actually turned down the role of Brenda to star in A View to a Kill that
1: would have made it a completely different mm-hmm. movie and, and connecting Sheesh. to so many st- steps to Kevin Bacon from Connery and Moore Yeah, I played with her in View to Kill. I played with her in Highlander. Mm. Now, she would have been been ace. So that's it for for coulda, woulda, shoulda. Okay,
2: and... I I think Connery was always always number one on the list for the Egyptian Spaniard.
0: Always, always. Always.
2: Now we're going to play Suspicious Spinoffs, because I want you guys to guess how many Highlander films there have been so far. Uh, We're not including TV
1: series in this No,
0: No, no, just films. Okay, I'm going to say five. I was going to say five, so I'll say four. I'll say six.
1: Oh you know, it, it is
2: five, but there are but they No, the, Hughes names... and I are both right. Hughes was gonna say five. Yeah, he was just, I was yeah. he was just so, being you're... he was just
1: being a gentleman. I'll just be confident. So,
2: <laughs> so you you've both looked at IMDB beforehand. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I
0: haven't, no, not for uh, at least five so, minutes. <laughs> so we have
2: obviously we have Highlander, we have Highlander two, which we've already discussed and will cover in a future drunken retro round. Once we've watched uh, it. Highlander Two the Quickening which was 1991, and uh, important to note, the apart from James Bond, the only other sequel Sean Connery has done.
1: Yeah, maybe the last. <laughs> uh, and maybe the
2: last. Highlander 3, The Sorcerer. I have seen uh, that which um, I have seen, yeah. which is basically a bit like a reboot. It's basically a remake of Highlander. The guy's just similar. been
1: stuck in a rock.
2: <laughs> I've been stuck in a rock for a very long time. Mario fan yeah. peoples. people's yeah. I, think it is. I think that um, the
0: Highlander 3 was clearly just a case of they were so fucking embarrassed with Highlander 2. They just had to... We can't end like this, Let's do another you know? one.
2: And then there's Highlander Endgame, and I think end, Highlander Endgame is when they start weaving in the TV series... Um, which that. is the TV is,
1: series is amazing.
2: So the uh, the TV series uh, ran from 1992 to 1998.
1: Was then, it always on when he came back from the pub. Always, it was always, <laughs> always. it was always, and it has <laughs> it has
2: quite a, ma- a big fan following. So there was like an animated series. There was a spit. There was two spin off series from the TV series. Well, he had a
1: motorbike and a sword and a team and, it was, and it, a ponytail. Yeah. It's it pretty pretty. Who's nice. acting in
0: that then? Who who's, who's who plays uh, McLeod? I in think Mal- his name was Double Denim. No, that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's um, and he's an English what, guy. Steven Seagal? Uh, oh. No, no, no. Just generally denim everywhere. So much I denim. And- I can't remember his name. He's like a triple. It's like John Paul
2: or John Michael Vincent. <laughs> John Michael
1: knows. Vincent. Island. It's not.
2: It's not John Michael Vincent, but it's it's a double-barreled. But this yeah, January. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was apparently an a manga animated film. So there's been loads of spin-offs. I would just like to say my yeah, so my suspicious spin off, as as I've already said, I would love to see more stuff done in different time periods. I think there's too much uh, so much potential. But my silly suspicious spin off, mm-hmm. I'm happily watching a series about the up and ups and downs of being Sean Connery's stand in.
1: Well, so what there's a side story like in Austin Powers it, where it- you find out that the stun man has a really hard time.
2: Yeah, you're basically just a bit like extras, but with Sean Connery's stunt double. Oh god,
1: yeah. (laughs) Well, he was
0: in it more than Sean, let's face it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So he so he said basically that he'd only be a week on set. And how long were you on set? Two years? It was a three-hour movie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, the I think yeah, George and I are. I think we've we've probably talked about this in the past because we're definitely on the same pages. Um, Origin story of Sean, please. Um, Yeah, I I think we'd even take a young Sean
2: in Japan. Let's see. I've never seen that
1: before. we, We would even take a younger actor that's not him playing the role with him, like doing flashbacks and doing talks. Um, mm-hmm. More about his time fighting with the samurai. You
0: know, it just—I think. I mean, he's kind of dressed like a samurai in Highlander, isn't but, he? Yeah, but this is so this apart is, from the hat. The,
1: this is <laughs> the, apart from the peacock. That, the amazing hat. Now I would go out there and say that the fact that he's been around because we well, let's let's cover off the uh, why is Sean Connery considerably older than Connor McLeod and. Is it, yeah. is it the first time that somebody tries to kill them, or is it the first kill? Again, first not time explained, in, is it? First, no, George, I think through, George, George knows everything. Trust through, me, through,
2: through my background reading on this, apparently you stay immortal from when you take your... You you stay at the age when you take your first head. So, so. to
1: me, that shows wisdom on the part of Connery's character, and or imagine... being
0: shit at sword fighting.
1: <laughs> no, but... <laughs> it, it took me a while. <laughs> no, but the fact that he didn't actually take anybody's life until he was very old, that it was like maybe it was a life or death situation. There's an entire story there. The whole everything um, leading up to him taking his first kill and becoming Thailander. Yeah. And I think anyone could have played it, but you would have needed Sean to do the narrative at the beginning in his bathroom. The one one question I do have is that we haven't covered is
2: why does Ramirez train McLeod it, It's, it's yeah, I it's that.
1: not covered. No, but that's the question that we will discover when we get shit faced. And what's the second one is like what is ramirez's position in this because as you say i'm here and even says in his lines i've prepared him for you how does he know about the kurgan how does he know that it's likely going to be the two of them facing off against each other yeah um and so maybe but maybe that's the story maybe it's like at the start of the film you kind of get the feeling there's like eight of them or something and that's why he looks out mcleod because he's like okay I'm not going to be- beat this guy, but I can. Why doesn't,
2: why doesn't he go for drunken party guy? Guy,
1: drunken party. Let's do a hit flask in Central Park, guy. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> let's get fucked up in New York <laughs> like hobos. Um, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, though, he's basically picked. If you if you imagine at this moment in the, t- I mean, this is all spitballing, but maybe it needs explaining. There's another film for you and your suspicious yeah. spin-off. So it's like, why the hell does he seek him out? Is it because, for example, there isn't that many of them left? Let's say there's mm. eight or ten of them. And he goes, "McLeod, McLeod's the youngest, who has the most potential. And he's like, I'm going to train you out to make sure that the Kurgan isn't the last one. But as I say, it's it's not even touched yeah. on.
0: Yeah, no. It's uh, not. Husey, is there Again. anything
1: you,
2: you'd like to see that you haven't seen?
1: Yeah, what's your suspicious spin-off? Uh, in terms of... Um, Highlander. Oh, they were doing Highlander. It's with Sean oh, Connery. Sorry. Sean
0: Sorry. Connery, Christopher <laughs> Lambert. 986, you're back in the room. Go. Oh, God, you should have given me a bit of prep for this, boys. I think it's just um, to explore why they became immortals in the first place, which, you know, I know you. The, there are certain theories there, but that is the big unanswered question. I watched it the other yeah. night. I, funnily enough, when I was a kid and watched this, Never crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, never crossed my mind. Like why, why Sean was old. You just accept it. We need and to. watch and, and, We need to I watch it.
1: the second one. We need to watch yeah. the second one. Oh, yeah. It's all going to be explained. I've got faith.
2: Maybe we can, uh, what we should move on to is um, the plans for a remake.
1: So this Uh, is current, this is coming to you uh, in 2021
2: so um apparently they've been trying to remake it for um almost 10 years now i think probably even yeah so i'll say the
1: sean connery's timetable has get, been getting more and more restricted <laughs> I, i'll do it in one day <laughs> one day from my apartment in spain or it's a no deal and
2: <laughs> you get my head for one day yeah and then the rest you can use the stuntman so apparently, June 2012, director Juan Carlos uh, dio I think he did. He's done some horror films, and he might have done 28 Days Later. Maybe um, he signed on to direct the remake with Ryan Reynolds playing uh, the role of McCloud. Um, however, a year later, they'd both dropped out uh, due to <laughs> creative differences. Then um, th- no, this this is going to this is a good one. In November 2012, uh, 2014, the studio wanted actor Tom Cruise for the role of Ramirez. Oh my God. Oh.
1: Oh, shut up and do it already um, oh, but
2: he was busy God. with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and then obviously was not considering future projects at that oh, time. Oh Tom
0: Cruise oh, and Highlander I film. would give T- Tom, Tom
2: Cruise in, in, in Guy Liner I,
1: I would oh. give almost as much as cheesy uh, <laughs> um,
2: um, then oh, my God. It, it seems like, like these are just the, the updates where they haven't got a director or a clue and then in, in 2015 they cast uh, Dave Batutista as the Kurgan so you know um, yeah 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 Yeah, you know who he is but then most interestingly so apparently since 2016 and still attached to this uh, day is Chad Stalelski from uh, the man behind John Wick yeah is a confirmed to direct oh my god um, no and Imagine the sword it's,
1: play it'd be amazing and
2: apparently it's his it's his next project so he's yet to confirm whether it's going to be he said they're still working out whether it's going to be a film or a series um so there's no release date or cast confirmed but yeah it, this is the project i think after john wick 4 is that'll be his next project well, confine- See
0: when i hear when i hear that I'm excited. When you hear yes. about all the all the all the other night, everything, well, obviously I'm excited by Tom Cruise as well. But that's not. I'm, I'm assuming that's not going to happen. But yeah, no. By that news, I'm excited by that.
1: And it's very exciting. I mean, the Chad George. We've talked about the Chad. We, we've talked about the love of, of the Chad. I mean, the guy is is just amazing. You know, we we talk about this a lot on podcasts about the likes of uh, whether it's this guy uh, Russell or Tony Scott coming from backgrounds and making movies. Chaskle, uh Stilelski came from being a stuntman. I mean, yeah, yeah, we want him doing the next Highlander. Bring it on! And, I did and not know f- that. F- yeah, yeah, he was you no know, stunt choreographer for, for the Matrix. No, he was. He was uh.
2: speaking of stunt doubles. He was Keanu Reeves' stunt double for the Matrix. He was no. also he was also Brandon Lee's stunt double for the Crow. So he did a lot of the additional wow. stuff. When after Brandon Lee died, he I did mean, a lot of yeah. the ec- stuff. He's for just got even
0: cooler in my mind now. No, yeah. no, he's seriously um, badass.
2: But so yeah, that's one thing. It will definitely have slick choreography, so I won't be embarrassed to show it to my friends.
1: <laughs> you probably <laughs> still make the same mistake <laughs> twenty years later. <laughs> he, he gets. <laughs> have you seen the original Highlander? It's amazing.
2: <laughs> Chad Stollowski. No, no, I'm talking about the original, yeah. baby. What? I'll tell
0: you what. I do. I do feel for whoever has to replace Sean now. I really do. It I needs mean, to be he, Tom Cruise. Yeah. I mean, I, it, 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 or so, or somebody, so it needs talk. to be somebody I mean,
1: like him or Russell Crowe or Mel Gibson. It needs to be somebody who's already got a, you know, a, a massive legacy behind them. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm a theft. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it justice. I'll make it my own. I'll do it differently and I'll pay homage. All of this, all in the same. Um, role. That's what you need is an actor who can do that. Tom Hanks. Let's just go nuts. <laughs> Tom Hanks. I mean,
2: I, I'm struggling to think. Um, I mean, who's of, had that period of, in
1: their oh, career that
0: Sean well, was? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking that. I
2: yeah. mean, no, you've 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 named loads of people. So obviously, Don you know,
0: Don, yeah, Don
1: I, Johnson, Kurt Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell Kurt in anything, no, Russell, Russell in anything. It's like Kurt- Patrick Kurt- Swayze, Nick (laughs) Nolte. God (laughs) God, God damn it, I'm too old. (laughs) I have broken. I will only do work behind CGI Face.
2: So, yeah, I I think, yeah, there's loads of actors from from, probably from the 80s that you could cast in that. I'm struggling to think who could play MacLeod that's actually genuinely Scottish. I mean, there's part of me I was thinking the other day, I was like, well. Oh, no, Mission Impossible 2. Oh, Dugri Scott. Dugri Scott. Of course. Man, now. Oh, yeah. I was going to say he's not no, but that's, I was thinking oh, um, all the people I was thinking of that were Scottish was <laughs> just like they're they're quite actually, I, I think even James McAvoy. I mean, he looks quite
0: young. Well, just but, someone yeah. British. I mean, just someone British. But no, James yeah. McAvoy would work.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, have you seen him in Split? Yeah, yeah, he's amazing well, yeah. in split. He's a, yeah, where well, he's, he's he's, a, he's, he's, he's every, Splitly he's everyone. Yeah, he's everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, but
0: that, that, that I, casting's going to be the, 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 key thing, isn't it? So they, they're, they're going to get is, someone good because the director. So, so boys,
1: um, preference film or TV series? Me locked in my, in my cocoon of, uh, pandemic shame. I'm going to say series uh but i mean in any other normal world i would say definitely theater release please the only problem with that today is they probably wouldn't make it unless they could turn it into a franchise so yeah. you kind of back it just make a tv series make a very good worthy tv series yeah
2: i mean i you say that there's there's so much storytelling available with all the different timelines and stuff like that so it could work brilliantly as a series it really um, could couldn't a new
0: highlander yeah. each season
2: yeah, uh, I would happily t- take another film.
0: Yeah, I think because the original, but, you know, I, and and also, I'm kind of I don't know about you guys, but in these COVID times, that's all I do. I watch series. I want I want to go to a movie theater yeah. again and just watch a blockbuster film like that, and 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 with that director, then yeah, I'd say cinema release any day of the week. I
1: oh, know my highlight of my uh, last year was. The second time, I went to the cinema twice in 2020. First time was to see Sonic the Hedgehog with my son. Hey, it's good. It's good. uh, Well, I I thought it was good at cinema. And um, even after the 27th time watching it here, I think it's good. Um, No, that my second time was (laughs) to go and see Tenet. And that was a cinematic masterpiece, uh, which I was glad to see again on DVD so I could understand it. But, um, no, I mean, we missed the cinema. We look forward to it coming back. No, what I'm saying is that looking at the popularity of stuff like Cobra Kai and sometimes how a series can reinvigorate a fan base to yeah. actually gain the thing Definitely. to make a film. It's like, I would like to see maybe two, three series of a TV and then a film with Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks versus Nick Nolte.
2: Tom, hey, yeah, Tom, shut up and yeah.
1: tom, <laughs> tom off. Shut up and
2: take take my money. Tom Cruise versus t- Tom Hanks in a sword fight in a
1: car park. One of them doing backflips, and there. Just call I'm it there. the Tom off. It's like Highlander top- high Six, the Tom off. The Tom <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. So it's time for a few comments from our listeners and followers we haven't we've been rambling on for a long time we haven't got time to get back to you all we will obviously respond to any messages uh that we get from you uh but george who's been talking to us about highlander
2: um so we had a few people get in touch with us mostly on on facebook as as usual uh michael pierce who says it's amazing uh dot dot dot, apart from the end those graphics never looked good even as a kid somebody else Um, not happy with the wires Dennis C.K. Pang says, a film that uh, epitomizes the 80s VHS era, there can only be one. Very true, especially where the sequels are concerned. Yes, we'll get to I that. Just to give us some alcohol and a bit of time. Technoir Film Club say, simply perfect as it was, No requires no remake.
1: I think he's right. I think somebody needs to go and give it the George Lucas treatment. Go back, touch it up, make it look yeah. better, improve the sound, you know, improve the sound quality here and there, make it 4K worthy. Doesn't need anything Uh, more than that.
2: James Diaz says, Clancy Brown plays one of the most menacing villains ever. Just hearing his voice gives me shivers. And then somebody else chipped in, uh, Benjamin Yardley saying, I've got something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade fade away. away. I
1: remember hearing that growing up and never linking it back to this film till later. But, um... in terms of Clancy Brown, the fact that he's so menacing in this, and then every other role he had, it never got back up to this truly terrifying level because you'd never seen him before.
0: Yeah, um, I mean the, the 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 only one that got close is probably Shawshank Redemption, where every single time he appears, you, you know you're on the edge of your seat. So I actually uh, I mentioned. Oh, sorry, you done, George? You're carrying on.
2: I was going to say one more we have on Instagram. Mr. C says, um, I watched this last week. The Queen soundtrack really is awesome. I laughed a lot at the aging effect on Connor's wife when they just (laughs) threw crow's feet on her face and sprinkled talcum powder on her hair. So, yes. I hope you've enjoyed our bands. (laughs) So, yeah, Dave Collins, uh, we are in agreement with you on that.
0: Uh, at the start of the podcast, I mentioned that it was my brother's favourite movie. I actually asked him to send me his comment. So I'll just read you out what he sent me. Is this from Joseph? No, this is from Stephen. From Stephen. So I'm not ju- I'm not sure how, uh, how much this is um, broadcastable. But anyway, I'll give it a go. <laughs> he says, where to start? Well, obviously, Lambert is a shite actor and Sean's <laughs> no brando. But the whole accent debacle... But Clancy Brown is brilliant as Kurgan who is a proper archetype archetypal baddie in the Darth Vader mode. Soundtrack is fucking awesome. <laughs> I still want who who wants to live forever played at my funeral. There's loads of clangers though. There's a shot when he fights the bloke in the garage where the guy misses McLeod and strikes the pillar but he can't find Connor. He's just <laughs> below you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Plus, how come they could digitize signatures from documents in the middle ages in the eighties? Also the least said about the strings holding up Connor in the quickening, the better, <laughs> yeah, ultimately though it leaves us with lots of unanswered questions at the end. Where the fuck did the immortals come from, and Brenda's nipples really like fighter pilot thumbs
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's the more pro- what's the more um important question though you know where do immortals come from or Brenda's nipples. No, no,
0: uh, no, but everyone asks the question, where do they come from? And my (laughs) brother makes a big call, he's saying, you know, he's a a buddy in the Darth Vader mode. That's a big shout. What do we feel about that?
1: Well, he's on the rampage, he's got a sword, he's unstoppable, he's a bit more
0: rebellious, fucking terrifying.
2: I would like to see. I think there, and I think even Clancy Brown has said this. I think there's he could have done more with the role. He, he said he felt quite limited with what he 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 was given. He wasn't given much dialogue, and the fact he felt he was a bit the fact that he's just like a metal goth running around. He, he, his argument was that if the Kurgan had been around for centuries, he would have been a lot more cultured and civilized. Yeah, they make him. They make like, him
1: this punk. It was very much yeah. inhibiting the fear of the punk.
2: And I think that's it in Gregory Wyden's original script. I think the Kurgan was less of a sort of menacing villain. He was like that wanted to watch the whole world burn and he was more of a sort of he was wanting to do it because he just wanted to end it all, like end the immortals and stuff like that. It was someone that had grown sort of tired of life.
1: Well, okay, so I mean, bringing this all back, do you do you think we're going to get a good remake, if you think? What do you think we'll get? Um, it, or do you think they'll struggle?
2: Well, the thing is the thing is with chad Stolowski is it's gonna look great and have great fighting but as as we all know that doesn't make a great story so um obviously the the john wick films coast by on minimal story uh and a and a charming yeah the last the last
1: one dipped the last the third film dipped for me John Wick at its height is the second film. So stylistic, so beautifully shot, brilliant soundtrack, brilliant mm. fighting, and the third is like, oh, it's not a trilogy. We're making a fourth. So disappointed. Yeah. So disappointed. So um, maybe he's ready. So yeah, maybe he's ready for TV.
2: It obviously, it's going to be down to the storytelling because yeah, you can get you know talented people in, and you will have talented people to do some great stunt work and fighting, but that's not going to make it. You know. That's not everything. Who's the bad guy?
1: Giancarlo Exposito. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come, on. come on. Cast him in everything. Everything, man. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So, final thoughts. I'm done. See you later. No, um, okay. <laughs> final thoughts. I think I kind of covered everything. Um, yeah, one that it's not controversial or attention-crapping, but we, d- we get Queen at the beginning. We get Queen in some inappropriate bits at the end. But there's not, it's, there's not too much Queen. And I think that the thing is, we were talking before, I think, I don't know if it's the New York Philharmonica or the London, but it's one of the big ones that do this reworking of Brian May's, uh, Who Wants to Live Forever. And that is just both emotional, beautiful and haunting. And that is a constant reminder of Queen throughout. And, um, it's, yeah. it's weird how there is this entire different soundtrack, which has what, 10, 12 tracks on it. And when you watch this film, it's just like, there's that one, one track throughout. It's just beautiful. So yeah, very, very much enjoyable. Going back to that.
0: Do you do you think just on that point about Queen? Do you think that this is what one of those movies that is um, is this the best movie that has commissioned a band to do their soundtrack?
1: There's been a few. Uh,
0: well, I know, but is this the best one? I think it's the one would, that started would, the trend. In terms of, I would uh, musically, did it work the best? Well, who done it before? I would
2: argue. Not. No, I don't know about beforehand, but I would argue since. Tron Legacy soundtrack. The the Daft Punk soundtrack is better than the film. (laughs) I've I've definitely listened to the soundtrack on repeat. I've got
1: both of them. There's the soundtrack and then there's the the remixes. The remix, yeah. yeah. So
2: they've got um. And that totally makes the film at the same time as well. So.
1: But I think Um, Queen started this. I can't think of another. I mean, obviously
2: they did. You know, Queen did obviously Flash as well. Um, yeah, let's which, let's not go into that. That's
0: totally camp, but also a great
2: <laughs> super super camp. One
0: good fucking. Uh, movie. My my final my final thoughts. What are my final thoughts? My final thoughts are: if you're listening to this because you love the movie but you've not seen it in years, go back and watch it. How fun! You'll fucking enjoy it. Honestly, I really really enjoyed it, and I'm surprised by how much I did enjoy it. And it, you know what? It's 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 actually better than I remembered um so yeah go give it a watch that's the only thought i'll give you
2: yeah it's it's um i was out um catching up with a mate today my mate andrew and i was telling him we were recording tonight and i was like oh yeah we're doing highland and he's like oh i've, I've never seen that and i was like "Ooh, i was like oh that, that's interesting no, you're to, to, to me to, <laughs> no but to watch it now uh, you know, you know, Andrew and I are you know similar age. Andrew's a little bit older than me, but to go back um, and maybe, uh, what would it be like to watch it for the first time now? I mean, obviously, you'd, if you'd have to put up-
1: on an older film first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd or have- a shitter one. I mean, it's, re- I mean <laughs> it's,
2: it's it's definitely a product of its time. Um, it I mean, is. yeah, I I enjoyed. It. Uh, I I think you know, warts and all, and flaws and all. I think it's still an enjoying p- piece of sort of action fantasy. It's it's a curious oddity with its. It's casting and it's uh, it's soundtrack, but yeah, I, I've got, I mean, obviously it's got Connery in, so, you know, I, so it's always going to have a special, special place <laughs> yeah, in my heart in. as well.
1: What's that? Sean Connery's delivering milk. I'm in. Anything, <laughs> I'm in. anything that guy does from, from start from his first job to his last job. So yeah, I think I think we've said all, all we we have. George, today. Um, I think we want to say a big thank you to Hughie for coming back on the show. Um, never mind our next episode. When are we next going to have Hughie back on the show? What's the next Sean well, Connery? uh um, well, or we've Tom, got, Tom, we've Tom, got high, Tom Cruise. We've got... Tom Cruise or Sean Connery film that we know he'll oh, want to well. come back for.
2: Well, there we go. We've, we've obviously yes, you'd, you'd happily wax uh, lyrical about Tom Cruise, wouldn't you, for at least an hour or two? Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think obviously we've got to do Highlander two, The Quickening, when we can, well, when we can get
0: together, oh my well, God. can get some oh, yeah. for, for yes. the I mean, gathering. It, yeah, I think we're going to have to have two sessions of that. We're going to have to watch it individually, so we're not together, and then watch it together where we get absolutely wankered.
1: No, I th- yeah. but I, what I think we should do is I think we should watch it together, shit faced, and then first. first, and then record because, it when oh, we're hung over the next day. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think oh, we'll yeah, let's do that.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, man. Yeah, <laughs> what was
1: it going um, on? Why did we? Watch I, I'm,
2: it? I'm just in it just to see your reactions of <laughs> when it's like,
1: what's going on? I think there's going to be lots oh, of what's God. going on. But Michael Ironside, so that is that to look to Michael
2: look forward Ironside to. is a hammy bad guy, and John oh, yeah. C. McGinley's one of the other bad guys in it as well.
0: Ironside, he's uh, he loves his bad. He doesn't. Mike So yeah. yeah, that was
1: that was Highlander hope you've enjoyed it I've been Charlie McGee I've been George and McGee we've, and yes thank you thank had... you to our guest
0: oh, thank you thank you boys it's always a pleasure to be on um, yeah I look forward to the next one I don't know whether it'll be another Sean film but whatever it is I'm always um, I'm always delighted to be on
2: thank you Husey as as always where where can uh, people find you if, or do you want people to find you online
0: oh they can find me online so I I'm um, you can find me on Twitter, which Sky Andy Hughes, which uh, I, I work for Sky, and um, I'm on uh, Instagram. At I am Andy Hughes. Bit more food orientated that account. Very food. Just food porn.
1: Basically, Andy likes to cook.
2: Right. Okay. Well. well um, and as as usual, you know. Um, Please leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't done. Recommend to a friend, you know, all that jazz. Share us online, install
1: us on one of your friend's phones without them realising. You know the drill, Mm -hmm. get it done. Okay, so um, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.